This is episode number 65 with Carrie Olson. Welcome to the Good Life Coach Podcast. I am your host, Michelle Lamoureux. The intention of this show is to awaken you to your fullest potential. Join me each week for inspiring interviews to elevate an area of your life, as well as interviews with women entrepreneurs who are creating success on their own terms. Each episode provides actionable tips to guide you to design a life you love. Hey there, it's Michelle, and welcome back to the Good Life Coach Podcast. Today on the show is Carrie Olson, who has built a voiceover business from scratch over the last five and a half years. She has a six-figure business where she teaches other entrepreneurs and voice actors how to build and grow their businesses. So you may have heard Carrie's voice while watching Hulu, uh, listening to Pandora, flipping through TV channels. She is a voice actor who has given voice to brands like REI, DreamWorks, Netflix, and many others. So today was really just a fun conversation about her entrepreneurial journey, but also she gives us tips and resources for any of you out there who think, hey, I might want to be a voice actor, or I've thought about that. Or like Carrie, who wasn't even familiar with this world, maybe you'll hear about it on the podcast and decide it's something you too want to explore. So such a fun conversation. I thought that she had a lot of soul to her answers. She has a great outlook and shares great tips that go beyond just being a voice actor, but also just successful in business. So Be sure to tune into the entire interview, though, because I do ask Carrie to indulge us with a little voice acting, and it's so fascinating to hear her voice change when she gets into character. It was really such a fun interview and one that I hope just continues to inspire you to think about what's been in your heart to do. What is that first step that you can take on your journey to living your best life? So on that note, let's get into the show. Hey, Carrie, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Michelle. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's so fun that you do voiceovers. I've never interviewed anyone who who's done one. And it's fun for me because we can see each other right now. And Carrie is in a full-fledged sound booth because this is your work. This is your life's work. And so it's quite impressive and fun to see that. Um, and it's funny because I've had a little hoarse voice the last couple of days. And I said, of course, when I'm interviewing the voice expert, I'm going to have a raspy voice today. But we're going to go with it. It happened. You, yeah, maybe you can tell us what to do when that happens and you got to give a speech or something. But I'd really love to start with how you got started in the world of voiceovers. Take us back to your early career and maybe what you did before, if there was something before that led you into this this world. Yeah. So I actually, I was working in HR, in human resources, and training was a part of our department. And so we started creating online courses and I got to narrate one of the online courses. So that was my, one of my first introductions to voiceover was just narrating a course for my company as just an administrative assistant in HR. So didn't really know that voiceover was a career and, but I really liked doing it. 
Um, and then from there, I, I really like doing online training. So I moved to a different company where I could focus solely on online training. So I designed courses for or online courses for about three years professionally and got to narrate more courses there, got to do more webinars and th- just things behind the microphone. Meanwhile, my husband and I started a podcast. And so just had a lot of stuff behind the microphone um, without realizing that voiceover was its own career. So like after, you know, doing all of this corporately, still had no idea the voiceover was its own career and had my first daughter, wanted to do something that I could do from home and was kind of looking around actually through a different podcast. I'm driving to work one day, listening to a podcast that's interviewing people that have unconventional or non-conventional jobs. And um, the first one I listened to was an interview of my now voiceover coach and partner, Allison Steele. She lives in LA. She's been doing voiceover for 20 years. And uh, about halfway through the interview, something just a light bulb went off and I thought, oh my gosh, that sounds like something I could do and that I would love. And I reached out to her, started getting training from her and eventually started booking work. Do you know why I love that story so much is the reason I do this podcast is to showcase how women are creating success on their terms. And none none of the guests of the 64 people that have come on now are doing the same thing. There's such unique stories. And so somebody might hear your story now And think, oh, you know, people have told me I have a nice voice or I have a unique voice and I should do something with my voice, but never realized they could make a career out of it or even a side hustle out of it. So this is so cool. I love that that's how you got started. Like that's why, like it's, it's inspiring for me to hear that because that's why I podcast, like the hope that it will in fact in like influence somebody's life in a positive way. So that's so cool. That's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm glad to, to be here and be a part of that because yeah. that's one of my passions also. Oh, I love that. Okay. So the, the spark goes off, the light bulb goes off. And then what do you do? How do you even go from there? Well, we just had a baby. I just went back to, uh, to work for maternity leave and I was kind of him hung around about asking my husband if I could spend the money to go get training up for this <laughs> weird business that, you know, we'd never heard of. And he was super supportive and said, yeah, go do it. So I, I bought a coaching lesson and uh, that woman, Allison, that you'd heard on the mm-hmm. okay, you reached right out. OK, cool. Yeah, I reached right out to her, did something that was really unusual for me. I'm, I'm normally a researcher, mm-hmm. but I she was the only voiceover coach I knew of. I heard her story and I just contacted her, didn't <laughs> didn't look around mm-hmm. and uh, started getting regular lessons from her. And really within weeks of starting to get training, started booking some jobs here and there. And uh, my career, it was pretty incredible because I, I ended up booking a national radio campaign pretty early on that allowed us, my husband and I, to kind of look at each other and go, all right, if if this is what's possible doing this part-time on the weekends when you get home from work and all of that, we owe it to ourselves to look into what it would look like to do this full-time. Carrie, it's such a great story because think about it. You had a little bit of experience with it. You had a gut sense that gosh, wouldn't this be cool to do this more? Didn't even realize that this world existed and then start taking training and then get booked for a national like gig. Like that's, so that's sort of like you were clearly on purpose. Like you were getting redirected to where you were meant to go. But 100%. Um, so, so take us back though. So when you were working with Allison, like what does a voice lesson look like for this kind of work? 
Yeah, that's such a good question because I think that uh, for a lot of people, they think, why on earth would I get coaching to learn how to talk? I mean, I, I talk all the time. Right. Like, what, what would I learn how to do? So a lot of it is um, breaking down copy. So when you look at a commercial script, knowing how to approach that script, um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, emphasis on different words. Sometimes it's, you know, it's intention. So it's acting um, at its core. The only one of the main differences is you don't have a scene partner. You don't have mm -hmm. anyone to play off of. So you're, you know, I'm in a black box right now, but mm -hmm. I'm creating all of these worlds all the time in my head to to deliver, you know, copy with all, you know, different types of reads. So sometimes it's really big and loud. Sometimes it's, you know, more conversational and subtle. Mm -hmm. um, but just learning the nuances of how to do that. And for me, a lot of it was even coming out of my own shell mm. because I'm I'm an introverted person. And uh, when I would initially start reading, I would have to consciously bump up my energy, just keep, you know, bumping it up higher and higher. And uh, you have to get comfortable with playing and mm. kind of um, sounding and looking silly because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that's required. You know, you talk, I talk with my hands a lot when I'm doing voiceover and uh, it feels silly as an adult to do that when, you know, you're by yourself, but, <laughs> um, but you learn to, to not only be okay with that, but to love that. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's been a growth process personally and, you know, for, for my business as well. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said it is acting because I was going to ask you, it, do you consider it acting? Like, are you taking yeah. on a persona or, you know, how, like, tell us more about that part of it. Sure. Yeah. So one of the, one of the first things that I learned in my, you know, with my coaching with Allison is to <clears throat> picture your audience. So when you're reading a script, I'm never just reading the words, but you're thinking about who you're talking to mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, what my perspective is as the speaker, what do I want? And, um, and you're bringing all of that to just audio, which is another challenge because with visual mediums, you can, you know, throw a look at somebody. You can mm -hmm. do a hand gesture and help communicate. But with voiceover, it's all your voice. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would absolutely say that it's acting. Yeah. And what's so interesting to me is that uh, like with podcasting and what you're doing, the there's such an intimacy when it's just voice. Mm -hmm. So some people have asked, you know, will you do video? And I think at some point, you know, I love that I can see you right now. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, I wish everyone could see Carrie, too. Because like I said, it's kind of cool that you're in your sound booth and all of that. And people get to see the expressions in our face. And but there is an intimacy with just voice. And um, it's funny when you're talking about, too, with the script and picturing your audience. I love doing the interviews and I love getting up and speaking in front of an audience. But when I go to do like a solo cast, even though I love to teach and I'm actually an extrovert, it takes me hours upon hours upon hours. And I'm like, what, what does that disconnect? And so what would you say to that? You know, like, what is that disconnect? What do you think that that is? Not having well, the people in front of you for the energetic connection or... I think so. I think that it's a muscle that you have to develop mm. to be able to picture your audience while still focusing on your message. Mm. Because there, there are a lot of things going on in your mind when you're reading a voiceover script. So you're picturing your audience. You're also visualizing the words as you say them. Because if you're not doing that, then you're going to get disconnected from the message. So there's there's a lot of things. And, and it feels like a lot when you first get started. Mm -hmm. but But it is a muscle. So the more you do it, you get better at it. And eventually you can just snap right into it. 
Yeah, totally. And yeah, I think that's really interesting. And and you know, what's actually kind of funny is that my husband, so he has a startup. He's like, oh, I've got to hire a voiceover person. And he needed someone anyway, for whatever reason, with a British accent. So it made me think two things. One is I thought of you. I'm like, what are the odds? Literally, he was just hiring off of Fiverr, I think, today. Uh, actually, so it's like a threefold. Uh, two is, have you ever had to do an accent? And three how do people find you? So I know that's a lot to cover, but let's let's get into that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually did a British accent for a job yesterday. And um, so, yeah, I, I occasionally get hired for, for different accents and things. Um, but uh, so that's a lot of fun. <laughs> so yeah. the answer is yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's the acting again. Yeah. Yeah. And just, um, <clears throat> I think the nerdiness, you know, and like wanting to, wanting to learn different things to be able to do as many things in the industry as I can. So I love studying different accents and learning how to voice match and and do things like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's just more, um, it's, it's fun. Totally. And where do people find you? Well, you have an agent now, so let's get, let's get into your actual story. So you do the training, you get this gig, you're like, you and your husband are like, oh my goodness, this might be a viable career. And so what was the next step for you at that point? So at that point, I went to my uh, boss and asked if I could, uh, at the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do voiceover. I knew I wanted to do voiceover full-time, but I wasn't quite ready to take that risk. Mm -hmm. So I went and asked if I could work uh, from home with my, with my day job. He said, no, uh, the company said, no, it wasn't my, my boss was great, but the company just wasn't allowing that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I eventually, after talking with my husband, we put in, I put in my notice mm-hmm. and stayed on as a consultant with my company, but was no longer working there eight to five and jumped into voiceover with both feet Ooh. full-time, just auditioning like crazy. We just, uh, I was determined to make it work. Love that. So how how did you know where to start? Was that through your coaching with Allison? Like, because, you know, some let's say someone's listening and they're thinking, oh, I, I've always wanted to do this, or this sounds really interesting, just the way that you had that moment when you were listening to a podcast. Where would they start? So it's it's different depending on uh, what your story is. So that's one of the things I, I really like talking with people who like to, who want to get started in voiceover about um, what is their background. You know, if you're a musician, if, you've, if you're an actor, if you have a background like that, then it can look different as far as what your first steps are. Mm-hmm. For me, there are online casting sites that you can pay a subscription fee to, and then you get access to real auditions. And that's how I booked my first few jobs. And so for the first year of my my business, that's what I did. And uh, so that's a, it's a low barrier to entry way to get into voiceover. But I would also caution that it's not, uh, there's no guarantee that, you know, when you, most of the sites are around like $400 a year to join. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people with kind of rose colored glasses that go, oh, I'm going to go pay $400. I'm going to get a little microphone and go make a living. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would just say it does take, it's, it's a job and it takes a lot of work and and input. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I still get coaching regularly and, um, and I would also say that my story is not typical. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I honestly don't know anyone else who has booked a national radio campaign as their third job and then been able to, to quit, um, their day job that quickly. So, you know, just kind of to temper expectations as well, but that's, you know, probably the most common way today to get into the voiceover industry. 
even with that, I would always recommend that you get some coaching and training. Yeah. So I love that you're still learning more about the craft, like even though you've been so successful, even from the beginning, that you're still so committed to it. What, why do you think you were so successful starting out? It's hmm, a good question. Um, you know, I think that there's an aspect of being green that actually kind of helped me, mm-hmm. especially with the um, the particular campaigns that I got. Uh, it, you know, I have a, a younger sound and uh, was pretty, and I still get hired pretty regularly for just a real conversational voice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what a lot of these campaigns were looking for. Um, so I think that's one. And also I just, I treated it like a business. I auditioned like crazy and I listened, mm-hmm. you know, I had that initial coaching. So I wasn't clueless about what I was doing, you know, and, and was so helpful to have her as a mentor. My very first studio session, she gave me some, uh, you know, basically some to do's like things to make sure that you do when you go to the studio, things mm-hmm. to make sure you don't do. Cause mm-hmm. I'd never done it before. Like etiquette and, within that world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So things like she said, when you, when the engineer sets you up behind the microphone, don't touch it. Let him do the adjusting. I had no idea. You know, just little things like that. And even mindset tweaks, you know, because it can be very nerve wracking when you're when you're behind glass. Mm-hmm. There's a group of strangers on the other side of the glass. They're telling you what to say, you know, what to do, and they're directing you. And then every once in a while you read and everyone goes on silent. You can't hear anything that they're saying, but you know they're talking about you. Mm-hmm. And then they you get don't back know if on. it's good or bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. And of course, if you don't have the right mindset, you can, it can go south really fast because you start mm-hmm. thinking, oh my gosh, they hated it. Oh, you know, this is going awful. And then that affects your next read. Mm. So you have to be really mentally strong. And it was great to have her advice early on because when I went into that first session, I, I walked in like I'd done it a million times mm. and, you know, um, was able to to keep a positive headspace, and it went really well. And and we had that that working relationship for about two years. Wow! And were you nervous though? I imagine you can be excited and nervous at the same time. So, what was part of that coaching? How to manage your voice? Because as we know, when you're nervous, your voice can go higher, or it can get crack. You know, it can crackle. It can. You don't have full breath support. So, what what did you do to manage some of that? I think um, having, I got really fortunate that the engineer was really nice and really Mm -hmm. calming. So when I walked in, you know, the engineer, again, it was my first experience, but now that I've done this many times, um, the engineer oftentimes just acts as the go-between, as the person who's on your side, because you've got the client there that's looking for something specific. And the Mm -hmm. engineer, you know, obviously wants to give the client what they need, but also wants to support you as a person (laughs) and as a voice talent. So it was really helpful to have a a great engineer there. I'm sure I just took some deep breaths, you know. Um, it was a really low-key read that I was doing, so that was helpful. Uh, and also, I had confidence in the fact that they chose my audition. Mm. So I figured, you know, if they just want me to do what I did in my audition, I can do that. So I'm just going to go and, and try and do that. And then just tried to be as directable as possible. So I wanted to give them what they wanted. So uh, as they, you know, said, you know, this needs to be a little bit faster. This needs to, you know, can you emphasize this word? Just automatically going, yep, I can do that. Yes, I can. And just trying to serve the project and mm. you can't take anything personally. Yeah, that's where the mindset really helped you having that right, the you know, positive mindset. So you go to these locations. So 
you, you are your audition sent in, and then if they pick you, you actually go to a venue where the client is at. Like this, can you take us into how it works? Sure. So the majority of my work is done right here. So yeah. I get my auditions sent to me from my agents and uh, I'll record them right here, send them off via email. And then most of the time I can record right from my booth. Occasionally the client will want me to go to a local studio, mm. in which case, you know, they'll book a studio somewhere in town and I'll go there and and record in that setup. Okay. And so you mentioned an agent and I'd read something on your website. So Again, this is a new industry that I'm not familiar with. So just like actors or writers or whatever who have agents, there's voice talent agents. So right. tell us about that process and how, because you you actually, again, were very fortunate, right, with how you ended up getting an agent. It wasn't the usual way of how it usually unfolds. Can you tell us that story? Sure. Yeah. So um, when my voiceover coach gave me the okay, she said, yes, you, you're you good enough, <laughs> essentially, to <laughs> start reaching out to agents because there is a, a kind of a process for <clears throat> when you get a demo made, you don't want, you actually don't want to get your voiceover demo made first thing because you're, you're only going to get better and improve. Mm -hmm. And, and, and a demo is quite an investment. So you want to make sure that you kind of have the okay from your coach that, Hey, if you get a demo made now, it's actually a good time for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's going to be beneficial and profitable. So I had my demo and was pretty nervous about sending it out to agents. Um, but start, you know, sent it out to a choice few and got, um, an email response almost immediately from, from, uh, my agent now and ended up talking on the phone with them for a while and ended up getting signed with them through that, that first initial email from my, from my first demo. And does that mean that they now source the gigs for you? You don't have to do it yourself or is it a combination? It's definitely a combination. Okay. So I still do a lot of my own outreach. I do um, other types of work. So I do like e-learning narration and things like that. Mm. That's, you know, basically my little business that I have here. And then uh, my agents will send me mostly commercial auditions and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's a good balance of work booked on my own and through my agents. Okay. So you've done work for Taco Bell, REI, ESPN, others. What was your favorite gig? So something that I've just started doing in the last year and a half, two years is um, voice matching. Um, but man, you mentioned ESPN. That was a lot of fun too. Um, I did the, uh, the NCAA um, women's tournament, uh, was the voice of that tournament. And that was, that was a lot of fun, but, um, I'm really enjoying doing voice matching right now. And, um, one of the reasons for that is when you're doing voice matching there, it's, you're really free. I feel like as an actor, it's the most free that I get to be because you're still reading a script, but you're matching the words of, uh, someone in a, in a movie trailer or something like that, where maybe they were really excited or maybe they were, you know, telling a secret and you get to, to really get into that character. So that's been a lot of fun lately. So wait, so what is voice matching? So, um, if there is a, Maybe for a movie trailer, mm -hmm. they want to have, a, they want it to sound like one of the characters is saying something, but their head's turned, or maybe they don't know exactly what they want the the person to be saying, but they don't want to bring in a celebrity to mm -hmm. to redo, you know, just a few lines. So look at someone who can sound like that person. Okay. And uh, <laughs> who have you done and, for anyone we'd recognize or no? 
Um, Are you not allowed I, to say? I don't know. I, I I think that I'm allowed to say. <laughs> um, if not, we'll have to go back and and um, yes. Uh, but I've done voice matching for Aquafina. Oh my goodness! Um, I just heard yeah. her on an interview. Anyway, she's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Margot Robbie. What? Um, t- uh, my, I'm going to say her name wrong. Tika Sumter. Um, yeah, and just just a few other you know random things that come in, but it's. It's so I could see that'd be fun. So how do you prepare? Do you just listen endlessly and try to keep matching their tone until you feel like you've gotten it? And then. Yeah, I've um, I've actually talked to someone who does a lot of voice matching to see mm-hmm. what, what her process is. And basically, she said what you just said. You just practice. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll listen to their voice over and over and um, try to think of different, you know, what kind of the defining factor of their voices. Um, a lot of it's cadence too. So mm-hmm. the way, the, the way that people talk, um, you can, you can fake it by, by, you know, kind of just grasping onto their cadence and where their voice is placed and how nasally they are and things like that. Do you sing at all or do you do any acting outside of your booth there? <laughs> I love to sing, but I, I wouldn't consider myself a singer. I think that I, um, I can carry a tune, but I've never had any training with singing. Um, I do, uh, I've been taking improv classes for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I really enjoy that, but I've never, I've gotten some on-camera work just through my voiceover clients because occasionally they'll need something on camera, but I, I don't as a, as a rule (laughs) or just normally do, um, on-camera acting. Yeah. Just curious if it was something you were interested in moving, you know, evolving into, not that there, there needs to be an evolution to this, but in, just as another layer, that's a better word, yeah. to what you're doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm at this point, I would say I'm open to it, but I'm not pursuing it. Got it. And it's funny when you say voice matching and then singing, I wonder if you voice match somebody singing, if you could do it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you can carry yeah. a tune, could you voice right. match to someone singing? Have you ever tried that? <laughs> I um I just for fun I like to voice match or it's not voice matching it's more imitating um Aaron Neville <laughs> I just it's just really so fun to me because the voice is such a unique identifier right like you were talking about yep. cadence like a lot of people would uh imitate President Obama right because he has the way, the way he po- like you know or right. comedians like or I love SNL when they're it's usually the politicians, but how they like try to get that cadence down. But our voices are almost to me like a fingerprint. So unique. Um, And it's like, it's just really, I think it's just so fascinating. So, so then you've been able to do this full time. How did that evolve and become, you know, how, how did you start making an actual career out of this? Uh, so I mentioned my first year I did, I auditioned like crazy. So that was yeah. on online casting sites. After Do that, you mind listing one or two of those just as a resource? What's like, what's an example of an online casting source, uh, site? Yeah, sure. So the, there's a really big one called, it's a voice123.com. Um, there, there's several new ones that I don't have as much experience with. I'm not, I'm not on them right now, but, um, there's Bodalgo one. It's B-O-D-A-L-G-O. 
Uh, and then there's one called voiceovers.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just going to list it in the resources in case somebody wants to go and explore this. But sure. Okay. So you started doing those and did well. Yes. Yes. And and eventually I thought, because I'm... Uh, I, I'm very entrepreneurial and I want to, you know, have control of, of my business. And mm-hmm. with auditioning, you know, I had control over how many auditions I was doing, but not over obviously whether or not I was being um, hired for these jobs. Right. And so I wanted to kind of have another um, s- source of getting work. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did a really targeted marketing campaign for people that, uh, an industry that I knew really well, which is e-learning. Since I came mm-hmm. from the e-learning world, I knew basically what e-learning designers were looking for and how to, to contact them and do outreach. And so I, uh, I got a lot of great clients from doing that. And so now, and, and that became a really, uh, just a pillar in my business of mm. reaching out and finding, um, specifically e-learning work. Uh, now I do use that same approach and get, you know, for other types of work also. But, um, that was how my first time working with, um, Disney, AT&T, New York university, that was through doing a, a targeted outreach, uh, for e-learning companies specifically. That's so cool. Now you've also expanded to helping coach women and men who want to do what you do, right? Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. Sure. That's something that's developed over the years. And, uh, I, I can truly now say that it's something I love to do. Um, because when someone has that spark, like I did Mm -hmm. helping them to navigate, what's the best way to proceed? Because there's a lot of information out there and there are, you know, depending on what you want your business to look like, there are a lot of different entry points, a lot of different approaches. And so I like to talk to people about what their goals are, what they want it to look like, and then helping them to figure out what those what those first steps are, and then also to develop a plan. And also one of the things that I really emphasize is to set expectations, because I know that a lot of people come into it thinking, oh, well, in a few months, I'm just going to quit my job and I'll be doing this. Mm-hmm. And that, that it just isn't really the way that it happens most mm-hmm. of the time. Um, it's something that takes years to not only get good at, but to to build that base. Um, I have a friend now who is in her second full-time, or not full-time year, but second year of doing voiceover. And it's just amazing how it compounds. Mm. So, you know, after, you know, you do a year's worth of outreach and auditions, and the next year you've got that set of contacts to, to you know, that you're already connected with. And then you, you reach out and you get more. And <clears throat> and each year you're building on that. And it's really neat to see it, to see it happen and see it unfold. Is there certain criteria that would make you more successful or have it be more of a viable thing to think about um, becoming a voiceover talent? You know, anything like, you know, do you need to have a nice voice? Does it have to be pleasant? Can it be quirky? And, you know, like, I would imagine, I don't know. It's just, I'm just curious based on your experience. Yeah. um, I would say as long as you are being true to yourself, so don't try to be something that you're not. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is if you have a certain, you know, I've talked to people who have, um, you know, maybe they, they're naturally slow talkers Mm. and, you know, have a very soothing and, you know, slow voice. Mm. And, uh, and maybe they're, you know, every audition they do, they're doing really high energy stuff. And they're like, I'm not booking. Why am I not booking? (laughs) It's like, well, you know, maybe you need to, you know, get, be, be true to yourself and figure out 
where you are. And because it's, it's a very personal business and it's a personal industry. And like you said, it's really intimate, you know, with audio. And so it's, it's uh, really beneficial to know yourself well before mm-hmm. you try and, and, um, act, you know, and, mm-hmm. and recently. So that doesn't necessarily speak to your voice. Um, I think that everyone is coachable. Well, <laughs> if you're, if you're interested in voiceover, yeah. Um, I don't think it would, I would never say to someone, don't get a coaching lesson, you know, mm-hmm. get a coaching lesson and then mm-hmm. see from there, uh, some people are going to require a lot of work to get to where they need to be. Other people are going to, you know, snap into it more. And some of that depends on, um, your ear, mm-hmm. you know, like, do you, mm-hmm. do you, do you feel it? Um, and, and also just how coachable you are. I've worked with some people and seen, you know, sessions where someone will say, um, all right, on the end of this line, I need you to take it up. Like you're asking a question, take your intonation up. And every single time they'll go down, they'll go down. Mm. They just can't, can't even hear that they're doing it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, being in tune with yourself, being, being coachable and, and being able to, to feel your way around that, you know, so that when, and, and I think a lot of it is openness too. You've got to trust the people who are directing you because sometimes they'll say, you know, to do something that you feel like, well, I would never do it that way. I don't think that's right, but you have to go, all right, I will do that. <laughs> and right. Let and, me trust know, that and try. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's a very collaborative, um, uh, experience. What is the mindset you need to be successful? What do you think? Uh, so I think that, let's see, to be successful, I think initially having the right, um, you know, like I've mentioned several times, the right expectations and also approaching your business like a business because voiceover is extremely fun. Um, but you can't come into it thinking, well, I'm just going to, you know, again, get behind the microphone and have fun all the time. You're going to be, you know, marketing, you've got to, you know, be concerned with branding. You've got to keep uh, relationships with your clients. Um, there's, you know, invoicing, there's the administrative tasks. So there's a, I mean, it's a full business. Mm -hmm. So, um, you have to have that business owner mindset. And, you know, I would say that it's 50% of the business is, is that, you know, Mm -hmm. you could be the best voice actor in the world, but if you can't manage your business, you won't book jobs and you won't book repeat jobs because people Mm -hmm. won't want to work with you again. So, um, I think, you know, I like to think of it as, as much as you love voiceover, you should love the business side of your business too. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's one of the things I love about it because I, I do love being a business owner. And so it's fun to get to, you know, run a business that I also, I mean, I love the performance side too. So it's, it's a great fit. So how do you define success? So um, the thing that I always think of is, um, you know, when I'm here recording, I can a lot of times uh, hear or just know that my, my kids are downstairs mm. and, you know, they're with my mom. And that was what I wanted. You know, when I, um, after I had my first daughter and I was, it just didn't feel right for me going back to work. Mm. And so for me, being able to have a career that I love that is providing for my family. Um, you know, my kids get to see me doing something that I love. So it's a job that energizes me rather than drains me. It's provided a job for my husband, which is just crazy, you know, thinking about that. And, uh, you know, before, you know, my five-year-old's in kindergarten now, but you know, my two-year-old is, is here with me. Mm. And that's, that for me is, you know, I, that's what I want. Love that. 
And um, uh, not to put you on the spot, but can you give us an example of what <laughs> voiceover might sound like? Uh, you don't um, have to. We didn't. I didn't send this in the questions, but it's just I think it'd be really fun to hear something, assuming it's you know not confidential. Um, yeah. Or something okay. you've, that's public <laughs> that you've already done. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm just looking around my booth here for scripts. So this is one that actually just came out. So this is a, <laughs> it feels weird to read it because you, you could just go to, there's ispot.tv. You could go and find it there. Um, you want me to read? The, it's a 30 second spot. You want me to no, read this? No, no, no. Just like one <clears throat> sec. I don't know. Just, okay. like, just to hear Sorry. your voice change. Okay. This is Zoe. Zoe has a lot of goals and a lot of expenses and distractions that could get in the way. Capital, make sure they don't. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. You know what's fun? I, again, I really am going to have to think about doing video too, because it's really fun to see, like, your persona changed a bit. Like, you got into Zoe, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it really was, like, the acting. But the voice that came out was so you, but so not you. It's fascinating. Okay, so do you have a morning or evening routine that fosters your success? I do. Um, with uh, with young kids, it doesn't always go the way that I uh, that I would love it to, but there um, lately it has, and so that's good. I like to use a an analog planner. So I really like um, Michael Hyatt's um, full focus planner, and I also have used uh, it's called the Panda Planner, which is similar to that. It's a little less expensive, but um, and then I have an app that I absolutely love that I put my morning routine in. So um, and I have little little wins along the way. So the first thing that I do in the morning is drink water, and I can mark that off. Like I, mm. you know, I drink water, and then I will um, let's see, let's see, reading is on there, and then. Um, oh, I read my daily reminder. So I have a daily reminder for life that I read and then a daily reminder for business that I'll read before I start work. Is it and your own or is it like a quote or something? It's my own. Love it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, some people, I guess for some people it'd be like affirmation, yeah, but it's not sure. necessarily affirmations, but just things I want to remind myself, you know, as I'm, you know, getting started for the day and then for my business also. And is uh, it kind a, of like is, does it why. change day to day or is it a, like a... No, it's your no. full on yeah. for the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've made small edits to it, you know, as, uh, as the year goes on, but, uh, but it's the same every day. Um, and then if I get to it, I'll do gratitude writing that happens probably a couple times a week. Um, and then, yeah. And then after that point, I can go and, and look at my schedule for the day. Awesome. It's helpful to hear how other women structure their days. And what are your three best tips for the women listening on how they can live a good life? Okay. I knew you were going to ask this. So I had to, I, I thought about it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that being open to having a foundation of faith is huge. So, it, and I say be open to it because I don't, I don't think it's necessarily something that you can choose. Mm -hmm. Maybe, but being open to it, um, I think is is huge. Um, and then what I said before, just having a big picture view um, of you know of your life and and being willing to work hard now for future gains. Mm. Um, and then assuming the best. So I think assuming the best about yourself, but also, well, I should say assume the best about others, but also about yourself. So you know, being kind to yourself. Um, and uh, regarding 
um, assuming the best about others, I think that doesn't necessarily mean to be naive, but I think you should be open to, you know, if there's a misunderstanding to questioning yourself first and um, be open to being wrong. Thank you. You clearly have a very open heart and a positive attitude and can-do attitude. I'm not surprised you've been so successful right out of, you know, right from the beginning. It's really been such a pleasure. And I want to be able to direct people to your work. If anyone out there is like, I want to learn more about Carrie in this world of voiceover, where can I direct them? Sure. So my website is carrieolsonvo.com. And I'll spell that because there's a million ways to spell Carrie and two ways to spell Olson. So it's C-A-R-R-I-E. O-L-S-E-N-V-O, as in voiceover.com. Um, and then my you know, Twitter is Carrie Olson VO. Um, I'm on Facebook, Carrie Olson Voiceover. And I actually have a free a gift for your audience if you if that's yeah, if that's okay. Of course, right? yeah. Um, if you go to carrieolsonvo.com slash good life, and that's all one word, uh, and put in your email address, I will send you a free getting started in voiceover guide. Oh, that's so great. This has really been such a fun interview. Thank you for taking the time today to share your story. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in today. All of the show notes can be found over at thegoodlifecoach.com. And I will link all of the resources that Carrie mentioned in the show in the show notes. So you can head over there for her freebie as well if you're interested in voice acting. If you know of somebody who would find today's interview helpful or interesting, please do take a second to share it. And if you've yet to subscribe to the podcast, please do so now on your favorite podcast player. And if you have been enjoying the show, would you please take a second to rate and review the podcast. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again for tuning in and I look forward to reconnecting next Wednesday. Bye for now.